Welcome back to School of Calisthenics, the playground session. Now, one thing I'm going to like with today is Tim and Jacko. You won't believe how many takes we've had to Together. try and get an intro right. We are, we've had a really long day and both of us have got heads full of mush, but we have just had an amazing conversation with Tom Foxy. Jacko, try and say the name uh, properly. Tom Foxy from Mindset rx Yes. Yes. Got it. Nailed. And um, we have the we've had an amazing conversation. It's been easily the best part of my day. Um, uh, we've got to talk about mindset. One of the things that we're very passionate about. One of the things that we think uh, has a huge differential for the calisthenics training that we've experienced where we are challenging our mind and challenging our thoughts around what is impossible and this idea of redefining your impossible and taking something out of your impossible box it starts with your mindset it finishes with you physically doing something but it starts with that so we get into some nitty-gritty with tom an expert in mindset and changing some of your beliefs that's then going to be able to change your behaviors uh, I won't steal all this thunder in this intro because we're going to get into the the, the the interview with the conversation right now. But just take get your notepad ready, just as we were, and take down some notes as we're going through because there's there's two, three, or four things probably that you can be doing straight away as soon as this podcast finishes. Um, and we just really encourage you to embrace that and take it on. Yeah, the big thing for me was that it's, there's so much value in this from just applying it into your life. Yes, yep. the training is part of that. But it, some of the stuff that Tom's talked about and, and the, the parts I've played with and tried to implement, it is so much around actually what I'm like as a day-to-day father, business owner, not just what I spend the time doing. Best friend, hey Jacko? Tim. Best just mate. Just being Tim. <laughs> just being me. So sit back guys, this is Tom Foxley from Mindset RX on the School of Calisthenics Playground Session. <laughs> Welcome to Playground Session with Tim and Jacko, and we are super excited to have Tom Foxley join us. We met Tom at Carl Pirelli's Freestyle Insider, and he is an absolute expert in mindset and has got some really interesting and relevant stuff to share that it was too good an opportunity for us to not invite him onto Playground Session. We were blown away, Tim, weren't we? We were blown away by, by some of what Tom's got to share. And some of the stuff that I really like about it is... Um, it's how generally applicable it is to also sport, but also your lifestyle and how we can just generally become uh, more high performance individuals. I think it's pretty fair to say, whatever that looks like for you. So Tom, welcome to the playground session. Thank you very much, Jens. I'm super stoked to be here. <laughs> you yes. got it in. Tom, um, I don't want to kind of steal your, your thunder because you'll do a much better job than us at explaining it, but just give us an overview to yourself and, and what, it, what Mindset Rx is all about. Yes. Yeah, so I work with athletes who are all along the spectrum of fitness on their, on their mindset. So having the thoughts in the emotional states that help them as opposed to hinder them. Because I found through not only my personal experience, but uh, working with hundreds, close to thousands of athletes now, um, just how much our mind gets in the way. And when I went through personal training, when I was working personally as a, as a Royal Marines commando, when I was working as a CrossFit coach, what I found out is that our mindset is the thing that is our biggest helper or our biggest hindrance. So it's so what Mindset Rx essentially is, is a systemized approach to changing mindset. Perfect. And uh, one of the things that I think is really interesting that you talk about is, is your definition of athlete. Sometimes people can see that as quite a lofty term that only the best sports people get. But your definition around how you view an athlete is, is probably a little bit broader than that. Is that fair to say? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, an athlete for me is someone who is trying to pursue a better standard of fitness or a better lifestyle in, in some physical way. So whether they are at the CrossFit Games, like some athletes I've worked with, or whether they are kind of starting their journey or anywhere in between, that's, that's an athlete to me. And uh, I love that Tim, uh, t- Tim, Tom, that you just dropped in then uh, when I was a Royal Marine commando. Just casually. Um, we could probably spend hours talking about that. And if people want to find out more um, about you on that, I'm, I'm sure they'll be able to, to get other uh, interviews and things that you've done. But we really want to get stuck into, into, the, into the mind and into the mindset um, and how we can all, as you, as you said, help um, achieve things, um, improve ourselves, improve our training for us physically with, with calisthenics, but using um, the mind to help um, in, in, improve that. But also one of the things that you talked about before was, um, or at the, at the event we saw you at was um, releasing yourself from some of the thoughts or your current maybe state of mindset. And so before we just get jumping right in, like, can you, I think when people hear the term mindset, a lot of people will hear uh, or, or different things will come to mind for them. Um, and what, if you were to uh, to sum up, what's your sort of definition, or how do you, when you say mindset, what is what is it that you're what you're sort of describing, or what is it you're you're thinking about and wanting people to sort of get into the, the right headspace for? Yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, I think there's 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 two preconceptions that completely miss the point about mindset. I think the first one is it's it's um woo woo esoteric hippie thing where you sit in a saffron robe in a lotus position and on your way to enlightenment and the other side of it is just like yeah just do it just just man up and do it um (laughs) which neither of them like whilst both of them are kind of rooted in some sort of truth and there's there's some principles otherwise no one would get any benefit from them they both really miss the point um Mindset is neither a, a psych yourself up or a man yourself up and just do it thing or a completely calm thing. It's, it's simply adapting your mental and emotional state to suit the task that you're trying to achieve. Um, so the, really the best way of saying it is it's being in the right frame of mind because there's so many ways, whether it's looking at the past or looking at the future. What we want to be really doing is focusing on what can I do right now and what's important to me and what's not important to me? So taking that then onto a step further, we, um, what we try, our strap line at the school of calisthenics is redefine your impossible. And we trying to encourage people to, or challenge them to believe they can achieve and, and do something that they uh, physically, that they perhaps currently think is impossible or certainly a stretch for them. Um, and we'd really like to sort of your insight into how would somebody, um, what would be some of the best uh, ideas from, from yourself and strategies that we could do to try and start that process? Because I'm a big believer that the, the start of that process of redefining impossible is a mental thing. It's uh, before we're going to physically go and achieve that thing, we need to believe that that is actually possible, believe that it isn't as impossible as we currently think. And how do we break down those first sort of mental barriers? Yeah, I love the way that you guys focus equally on the mental aspect of things as as well as the positive. I think that they go hand in hand and some people over-exaggerate the importance of one side and one and other people over-exaggerate the importance of the other side. Like they they both they both feed in each other into each other. Sorry. When we accelerate our physical progress, we accelerate our mental progress and, and vice versa too. So 
the concepts of redefine your impossible, I think is, is a really beautiful kind of sentiment and really beautiful objective to, to aim, aim for because, well, we have this thing in Mindset Rex it's essentially the same thing, limitless potential. Like we might as well act as though our potential is limitless and work towards that as opposed to a limited potential. Because who knows, you might have misplaced where limited or where your limit actually is. So we're, we're essentially working on the same page. And I think that the, the most important way to, to do this is to become more aware of our mental state in the first place. Because most of us go through the day with our, with our mental state kind of drifting along to the tune of external influence. So say you get cut up in traffic, suddenly you're having a bad day, then you get promotion. So it's like, oh, now's a good day. And you go home and argue with your spouse. Now it's like a bad day. And like your, your mental emotional state just kind of goes up and down depending on external circumstances. And most of the time, we're not aware of what it's doing until it's too late. So it's like you, you've, you've gone past the point of no return quite often if you're not aware enough. So before you know it, you're like, oh, life is shit. I don't want to train. I don't do this anymore. Like I just, I, I just want to stop and then start again at another date. So what we really need to do is, is increase our awareness. And we do that through a really simple exercise called observe your inner athlete and observing your inner athlete is pretty much as it sounds. There's a, a very useful way to think about your mindset is there's this athlete inside you, or there's a, a voice inside you or something inside you, the observer essentially and um and that is and that person that athlete is thinking things is feeling things is uh is performing behaviors and we don't often we don't often see it it's basically the subconscious mind is what we're really getting at and what we have to do is is train ourselves to observe that because then we have a uh, we have more likelihood to control it in the future. The first thing is awareness, and then we can start to change the story after that. And the 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 actual technique is is just sitting down, like streaming your consciousness out onto paper. It's sitting down with um with with a pen and just getting out whatever is in your mind onto paper. Because when we do that, we suddenly have perspective on it. Um, I'm, I've just started another kind of. Uh, group training program that I run called the Inner Athlete Performance Camp at the moment. These guys are like three weeks into the process. And what they're realizing now is like, oh, there's this person inside my head that is making me self-sabotage. There's a person inside my head that is intentionally screwing up my nutrition. There's, there's a person inside my head that is negative or is ignoring the problem and or is overly forceful or is self-critical. And unless we shine a light on it through this exercise, then we're never going to see it in the first place. And to kind of sum it up in a sentence, to change the story, we must hear the story. And this is about hearing the story that we tell ourselves really clearly. So you don't spend a lifetime um, ignoring it, essentially. Yeah, I think there's some great stuff in there, Tom. And one thing that it, I'd written down when you started talking, actually, and you went on to mention those exact words, was, was self-awareness and the importance of self-awareness in um in understanding your own mindset and one of the things that is is i've really benefited from over the last sort of 10 years or so as, as a strength and conditioning coach is working in performance sport where you've you've got this real collection of people and you get to spend time with a psychologist and that what their their work is is implemented into encouraging us to reflect as practitioners and we reflect on performances all the time and i've i think one of the things that the biggest um, self-improvement things that I've done over the years has become much more aware of how I feel. And if I, I, I often catch myself saying, oh, I'm not going to complain about it because I'm only 
I'm in that space because of everything else that's going on. Whereas I think a while back that would have just started just to come out as frustration and I would have verbalized it, but understanding actually the awareness of whether, where that's coming from. And I think I found that I consider myself to be really lucky to have spent time in that environment, but that the great thing I think about what you're doing is actually making that accessible to anybody. You don't have to have worked in performance sport to actually then be able to have that opportunity to learn. Um, so that when you when you talk about observing that inner athlete, is there any sort of techniques that you've got to help people to to become more self aware? Is that a process which takes quite a lot of time, or is it is it very much need to be a conscious thing that people put on the radar every day? And obviously, exercises like you described is, is one step, um, but I think it's such an important thing that people start to become um, more proactive in doing. Yeah, it takes a it takes a varying amount of time. Like this is a this is a one size fits one solution. Just as you might have someone who's squatted loads before and someone who's never squatted again, their their, their program is going to be difficult. Uh, sorry, different, dependent on that. So what we have to do is is essentially just focus on the fact that if progress over perfection. Like focus on like we can we can improve incrementally. And you're never going to be aware all day because unless you're kind of sitting in a cave meditating all day, you're not going to be aware of every single thought that arises and you're going to get distracted and you're going to be thinking about other things. And, and that's absolutely fine. That's part of being a human being, I think. Um, so, so the process, I think really it, it starts in the morning, just wake up, do that observe your inner athlete exercise. Um, and if you do it with enough intensity first thing in the morning, and secondly, you do it consistently what happens is that bleeds into the rest of the day. You might suddenly think, oh, there's that thought that I saw um, in my observed my inner athlete exercise this morning. There's a, there's a thought, there's that emotion, there's that behavior that I, that I keep on beating myself up about doing. And it's, it's can be a slow process. Some people like, it's like flicking a switch and once they get it, they get it. But it, it does take some time for, for most people simply because we spend a, like, you've got decades worth of neurology that you're trying to override. And trying to change that um it does take some time but that's not to say that it's 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 going to take forever or that it's impossible it's just that you're trying to rewire neural pathways and that that does take some time um just like adapting physically yeah i think it's it's one of those things that for me has been one of the most valuable things i think i've developed so in terms of anybody listening and encouragement to invest time in that i think it will it will reap in, in measurable benefits in terms of performance in other areas. Yeah, I think it's it's a, it's a mindset thing. But when, as you've mentioned just then, Tom, that um, you're doing some rewiring, so uh, there's there's some physical things actually really happening, um, which is uh, gives it a bit more. You know, you said at the beginning how um, potentially some people, when they think of mindset, they think of you know meditation and all this sort of. Um, untangible things and, and maybe for some people then they, they find it difficult to then engage in but actually to understand that there's there is physically some some changing going on um in your brain that is um, part of that process um and, and just on that for some people i think it's very and i say some people probably just more for me but if anyone's a bit like me they'll um they'll find it helpful if they're going to try and implement and make some changes in these types of things is to understand potentially like why or where these things have come from. So uh, I remember before when we first heard you speak, you talked about um, how powerful or the conscious mind is, or actually the conscious mind being the most powerful thing. And I'm assuming it's it's the conscious mind that when someone goes, I want to look, they, they see someone doing a muscle up and they go, they get inspired initially and they go, I want to, or they say, maybe they say it in the head, but they're like, they have that thought of like, 
I want to do, I, I want to do that. And, and maybe they might, for a split second, they think I could, I, I think I could maybe do that. But then all of a sudden that voice comes in that goes, oh, I could never do that. Uh, and, and just for some people, where does that, where's that sort of negative bias come from um, to help us try, if we understand that, you know, as we go then into, okay, how do we actually turn this on its head and, and, and start redefining impossible where Where does that come from? Why is it such a powerful thing? Yeah, sure. So like the point you brought up there, it's just a beautiful question, by the way, and beautifully phrased. The, oh, thank the fact you. that we have that that conscious kind of um that conscious narrative that pops up and we hear it and we go, Oh yeah, I think I can do this. We feel that self-belief start coming and we we feel the the fact that maybe, you know what, our our impossible isn't where we thought it was. Like maybe we can actually take this and like and success may be for us. And and that feeling is kind of it lights you up. And what happens inevitably is that unless that mindset is maintained, unless that positivity is maintained across a broader period of time, we we revert back to our subconscious narrative. And this is basically the 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 fight, the battle between the subconscious and the conscious mind. Now, the conscious mind is like this thing that we can occasionally conjure up and it can momentarily force us like in it can force us against the will of the subconscious mind. But the subconscious mind is like it's in charge of everything. Like it's there's varying different studies, but most people agree that it's in charge of at least 96% of of what you do on a daily basis. So everything from small behaviors like going like how to brush your teeth, for example, how to tie your shoelaces, how to perform a simple press-up, to um kind of very very kind of mundane things that you don't really expect, like making sure your kidneys are functioning and stuff like that. Like the, the way to, to kind of prove just how much it's in control is, well, two ways. Number one, if I was going to trust your conscious mind, if I was going to trust you essentially to breathe for you, all day, I don't think it would last very long. I think you'd be dead within a few hours. And and the other way to think about it is how how many times do you surprise yourself? Like how many times do you disappoint yourself throughout the day or impress yourself? How do, how often do you do things that you don't expect yourself to do? And that is the subconscious mind in action. And this this sometimes comes up as going back to old ways of nutrition is is a is a classic one. Um, falling back into negativity. And what happens is if if this subconscious mind believes the story, the, the, has the belief that this is the way I am, that is what you have to do. That, like, if, if your subconscious mind is saying, do this, you may be like, only temporarily be able to overcome it, but you will go back to doing whatever it believes is the right thing to do. Um, and this can be really negative behaviors or it can be positive behaviors. But the, the, kind of, the short way of saying it is, unless you change the subconscious mind, and the narrative that the subconscious mind holds, then you're never going to change the success. My mentor had this beautiful phrase, and like I'll never forget when he said it to me. He said, "You, um, as, it, as it completely slips my mind." <laughs> <laughs> he said, um, it's, "Success isn't finding success isn't about finding new ways to become successful. It's about releasing yourself from the reasons you haven't been successful so far." And that reason you haven't been so uh, successful so far is the mindset, the subconscious mindset that holds you back. It's the thing that keeps us playing it safe. It's the thing that stops us from crossing the threshold from the known into the unknown. It's the thing that essentially keeps us in this state of equilibrium because safety for us is in this center circle and we've got to kind of push outside of it. So 
in, in short, we have to change that subconscious narrative. And it starts with that observe your inner athlete uh, exercise I was talking about and becoming aware of it. Because if you don't change it, you're always going to fall back into old patterns. Yeah, I've got, I'd, I'd written some notes previously where you'd, you'd said you need to change your beliefs to be able to change your behaviors. Whereas it's almost like the behavior is the easy thing that we see and often we'll, we'll wrestle with that and try to um, try to change those and try to do something different. But if we're, if we're not, um, if we're not changing that actual, that belief system that's and that subconscious mind that's behind those behaviors, what you're saying is we're never, we're sort of always going to fall back into to old ways potentially. Yeah, exactly. The, um, the way to look at it is that behaviors are the, the product of like an ex- ridiculously long process of events. We've got, like we, we look at the behaviors because that's the easily observable thing. And it's like, Oh, I've gone back to like not eating the right way. I've gone back to not turning up to the gym as often as I can. I've gone, I've gone back to being stressed out. And we look at that behavior and we think, okay, just change the behavior, but that's falling into the trap of the conscious narrative again. Like we're using the conscious mind and we, and that's why you can force yourself to do something for a short term, but you'll always fall back into the rut. Um, but the, the way to think about it is these belief, um, sorry, these, these behaviors are a product of your mental emotional states, the, the thoughts and emotions you have at that time. And this is like the first tier of mindset. And people say, okay, I'm going to change my thoughts and emotional state where you get people going, okay, be more positive, be more grateful, um, like stop being stressed. They try and control that. But that is the product of our beliefs and our beliefs are a product of our influence, like things we've encountered. And there's, there's four different types, but I'm not going to go into them unless you really want me to. Um, <laughs> and like, and this is this long process. It's like a, a long old algorithm. And we're looking at the output and trying to change the output without changing the input. And that requires a completely different algorithm if you're, if you're looking at it like that. There's, the, the way of looking at it is in a, quite a, a really nice image is imagine you're on one side of a meadow and there's a well on the other side of the meadow and you walk from your home to that meadow every single, um, so that well, sorry, every single day and you're walking across that meadow. And of course, after time, you get like a quite easy to follow path. Like the grass gets pushed down, um, the it dies away and you get this path that you can follow really easily. And you look at the meadow and you think, oh, that's the, that's the right path to follow. But say that well, like the, in the metaphor becomes empty and you have to find new well. The new well is in a different direction and you look at the meadow and it's like overgrown and you think, oh, it's going to be really hard to push through, um, really hard to push through that kind of the, the grass or the, the discomfort essentially. Um, and you, you walk all the way to that well, you walk all the way back and then the next day you look at it and all the grass is growing back on it. Um, and like kind of that is the the difficulty of, of changing mindset. And like, that's why we have to have the right tools because if we don't, we're just going to carry on walking the old path over and over and over again. If we change the beliefs, it gives us the, the freedom to choose to walk a new path. And, uh, and that essentially is, is what changing mindset is. Yeah. And I, I think on with the, I always think about beliefs um, in, in this respect, in regards to mindset are often um, assumptions we've made and they're not actually, not actually true they'll often be wrong in um in a negative way and and potentially unfair to when they're like beliefs about ourselves or about a situation we might be then getting ourselves into like the that example i gave where someone goes um i probably oh no i could never do a muscle up and mm-hmm. it's a, it's an unfair you know maybe they couldn't but it, it's 
it, the reality is that it's highly likely that they probably could, and but it's just the training process might be uh, it's going to look an awful lot different to depending on where they're currently at. But the the starting point of being able to um, change that belief so they can then take action is is at the yeah as as I said at the beginning is is at the crux of of what we definitely believe and why we wanted to talk so much to you about mindset. Um, if we take the um, if we take so we say we've hopefully some people we've with a, if you're listening you've you sort of bought into that idea um, and maybe you've you you've um, happy to do the sort of step one that you said in terms of writing down um, some of those things from from your subconscious. What would be the next steps for people in terms of the moving forward with their mindset towards something that they you know think is impossible? They're trying to redefine their impossible with us. Yes. Yeah, so the like to kind of counteract any negativity that comes up in the in the observe your inner athlete exercise. There's a really nice uh, exercise, and it's really simple. And there's there's variations of this that you've probably seen, um, but it hasn't been. I don't think there's there's many places where it's been quite as well defined as as, as this and the process that we've refined over time. Um, which is if you're if you're familiar with CrossFit terminology, you'll recognize the phrase AMRAP, and this is an AMWAP. It's as many wins as possible. Um, so as many wins as possible is simply a, a given time period where you just write down anything you've done over the last 24 hours that has taken you either taking you closer to being the type of person that you want to be or has just made you feel good. So for example, if I look back, I've actually got my journal next to me. If I look back over my my wins from yesterday, it was the fact that I trained firstly, like it moved the forward, moved the needle forwards to being the type of person that I wanted to be. I hydrated and these these might seem like very small things, but the 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 kind of the, progress is made by these tiny, tiny steps. Yeah. And we often think about this. It has to be a PR every day. We have to have just done our first muscle up every day, but we have to look at the small things because success is bought, built up by small things. So I've got like uh, hydrated. I hate four meals. Like it's like, I find it difficult to fit in four meals. So it's like when I do it, it's like, okay, I've eaten four meals. I took my supplements. So I, I did a couch stretch for two minutes per side. Like these are, these are my small blocks that I know that if I repeat, I will build that momentum. I'll prove to myself just how much I'm doing every day because like how many times do you do everything once in a day, but it still feels like a bit of like uh, an empty day. This is, this is just proving to yourself that you are doing the type of things that you want to be doing. And in that process, it's, it's changing the, it's changing the story in your mind. It's changing that belief that we talked about. So that's, I would say this, the the next place to start. And those are the two exercises that I start everyone with those that observe your inner athlete and the AMWAP there. Um, you can you can think about it like every time you count a win, every time you, you put a, a tick in that AMWAP, it's like filling up a bucket of positive proof that you're the, the athlete and the person that you really want to be. It's like, yep, I'm a good person. I'm doing that thing. Whereas most of us spend up spend our time doing the opposite. We count our scars. We count all the things that we haven't done today. We, we count all the, all the things that went wrong. We, we, we describe the things that essentially went bad. Like, uh, like I said, we count our scars instead of counting our wins. So that would be the, the second step to go towards there. There's one thing you mentioned there, Tom, that I've written down at the top of the page of my notes from um, when we first heard you talk. Um, as you said, who do I want to 
become rather than what do I want to achieve? Or well, that might have been my interpretation of what, of what you said. Can you just define what the difference with those things? It was, it, I think that's a really interesting way of then just the whole, that, that for me affects the whole mindset because and it becomes an identity. Like that. Like, what is the sort of person that I want to become rather than focusing on what I'm achieving all the time? Can you just break that down a bit? Yeah, exactly. Like I think in a, in the kind of the Western world and in, in the world that's become quite kind of, um, obvious to us in the West anyway, is the the fact that we measure success. Everything has to be quantifiable and everything has to be, we look at the end product. But again, that's the output. And we have very little control over the output. What we do have control over is the input. And if we look all the way back to the original input, that's the type of person you are. So you can do all the right things. You can do, you can like nail your nutrition. You can go to sleep at the right time. You can perform all the right training exercises. You can do everything right. But who knows? It might not end up in success, but you might be progressing anyway. And so often we, we limit ourselves because we focus on what we want to achieve. So we, we're like, I haven't achieved my first, my first muscle up yet, to use that example. But if we're doing that, we're, just, we're reminding ourselves all the ways that we're not good enough. But if we remind ourselves of the ways that we've progressed, the, we, if we remind ourselves of the, kind of the characteristics that we've developed, that makes us feel much much more successful so that's that's one way of thinking about it and the other thing is that uh, well our, our ex- external things can always be taken away from you like say i'm walking on the street and i'm like i'm doing great and i get run over like my everything can be taken away from me but if i'm still being the type of person that i want to be then that's a huge win for me and the kind of the final thing to to say is that what we want to achieve isn't really what we want to achieve. What we want to achieve is the feeling associated with this. So to go back to like that, that story of, of like joining the Marines and to quickly touch on it. And by the way, like I'm no war hero. <laughs> I, I joined the Royal Marines Reserves and just kind of, I went through that process like just under four years. So there's, there's actual heroes out there. I just kind of dabbled in it. Um, and when I was going through that process, when I set my eyes on, I want to become a Royal Marines commander. And like, when I looked at that, it was, I thought what I wanted was a green berry on my head. I thought what I wanted was, was Royal Marines commando on my uniform. But what I really wanted was the way of feeling that was associated with that. Because when I was at school, I was really badly bullied. Like I, I kind of, I turned up most days and had the crap beaten out of me most days and it wasn't enjoyable time. So looking back at it, I didn't want to achieve, like to, to put a new hat on my head. Like I, that wasn't what was important to me. What was important to me was feeling like I was in control of my life, feeling like I was in inverted commas, a real man, feeling like I could do things that were difficult and feeling like I was tough. So no matter how logical we think we are, it's that emotional state that we're seeking. We're, we're seeking this, this way of being, we're, we're seeking this way of feeling. And if we take the if we take the aim or just adjust the aim slightly away from what do I want to achieve, whether that's PRing a deadlift or doing your first muscle up or whatever it is, and closer towards this is the type of person that I want to be, then you can always embody that type of, like you can always work towards it because no matter if I miss that deadlift attempt, no matter if I miss that bar muscle up, I can always come back to, okay, who do I want to be? Okay, I want to embrace hardship and I'm going to get back on that bar and give it another go. And that is much more likely to get you towards success than constantly referring to ways that you haven't achieved success yet. 
Yeah, I think that's really interesting how that, that you've sort of closed the loop. So you start off in the morning, for example, observing the inner athlete. And then if you go into the into your general sort of approach to your day is understanding who do you want to become, that's a very much more of a process driven. These are the things I need, I, I'm going to be doing in order to become the person that I want to become. And then you get to the end of the day and you wrap it with as many wins as possible. So you sort of setting out who do I want to be or, or how do I feel? Who do I want to be? And then how have I moved that forwards? It's I can you can really see how that repeated daily becomes a very powerful thing of actually changing a lot of the things that we've talked about about the underlying reasons why people do struggle with mindset. You're generating a little bit of momentum each mm. day, aren't you, by finishing that way in and it's that those marginal like a the word marginal gains, but like um you're just starting to try and create a little bit of a snowball effect, even if it's even if it's small with some of those positives towards the end exactly. of the day. And then you're then able to like revisit then the next day and, and in the morning and and sort of kickstart that whole process off again. There's one thing Tom that I want you to talk about because I still need some help with coming up with mine. Um, so you mentioned it then about uh, who do you want to become and there's something else that you spoke about uh, was inspiration statement um, and I wonder if you could just explain that a little bit because I haven't because we've we've had a, a significant amount of work on, I haven't actually sat down and given this some thought. It's, it's on my list of things to do when we spend a bit of time off over Christmas. But um, could you just r- talk a little bit about what it was? Because oh. for me, is that that takeaway is going to be a really powerful thing, and I want to give it some some due yeah. uh, attention. Can I just jump jump in quickly? Because yeah. that's going to be a, that's going to be a really important point. I I just wanted to like touch on the uh, change shifting our like goals around. Um, rather than what you want to achieve being how you, what you want to be like as a person or how you want to feel. Um, we, we've all just like gone, yeah, yeah. And the, the idea of it, great. The reality of trying to, I just want to sort of let people know that the, if the reality of actually doing that, I think is quite difficult um, because it's much easier for someone to go, I want to do a muscle up or I want to do this P, you know, you talk about PRs. Like it's much easier for us to actually just grab one of those things that we can, tangibly like say that we've done it rather than that shift it's not necessarily it's something that totally on board with i just wanted to like sort of flag up the idea if someone's going crikey how do i even how do i go about that that might be quite difficult that that the reality of that is that i think from our experience is that when you get challenged on some of those where are your goals um and should you be tweaking them and should you be thinking about them in a slightly different light that, um, that that isn't necessarily easy. It's worthwhile, but not necessarily easy to get to get into that process. Yeah. Well, I, well, I think it's it's difficult if only you've been conditioned in that way in the first place. Yeah. Because we're only we're going to be fighting that subconscious narrative, and if that subconscious narrative has been the Western dominated life or the Western style dominated life and way of attainment that we all have, it's going to be compare yourself to those people who are doing more to you. But if you recondition the mind over time, it it doesn't have to take time. It doesn't have to take loads of time, but it has to be an investment into yourself. Um, It can change. And yet it takes work. None of this is if, if anyone says to you, you can change these limiting beliefs at the drop of a hat, um, they're, they're mostly, most likely talking crap. Um, but it's going to take work, like you said, but it, it does mean that you're going to be kind of, you're going to be overcoming that subconscious mind and, and it's going to be, you're rewriting the story you tell yourself. Because if you go in there with a story of this is going to be difficult, I think that inevitably does become difficult. If you go in there with a story of I'm going to release myself from these beliefs, then that's what happens. Yeah. 
Great, go, cool. So let's, uh, yeah, sorry, just jumped in on the inspirational stem. I've got my pen ready because I wanted to make some notes on this. Yeah, inspiration statements. So um, this is essentially who you want to be condensed into two to five words. And the the easiest way to start out with this is actually not with trying to come up with the inspiration statement itself. It's like, and by the way, you guys, like if you're listening to this, you're going to get like rushed through this whole process. Usually we take a bit more time about this because otherwise it can be a touch overwhelming. Suddenly you've got like three or four exercises to do every single day and it's like a bit too much. But say you're already doing those, doing those already. Um, what we can do is, is just start thinking, start dreaming, start writing down about who you really want to be and what you want to achieve. You can start with what you want to achieve, but then ask yourself like, okay, why do I want to achieve that? What's the feeling I'm going for? What's the type of person I really, really want to be? Um, and when we do this often enough, so most people do this in, in a few different ways when they're working with me or, or my team, they will write out, like I, this is the way I prefer to do it. I go to a coffee shop because obviously coffee is like, as important as important. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I sit down usually a blank journal or a blank page and I just, or just like even open up like a word document or a Google document. I just start typing or writing like, this is what I want my life to look like in three years. And because three years is a nice period of time because it's not so far that it's completely unattainable, but also two to three months from now, not really much changes, but two, three years from now, like we've got, a huge amount of change. Just imagine what change has happened over the last two to three years for you personally. Now imagine if that was like directed at the ideal goal. And then it's back to what you guys call like redefining the the impossible and what I, I call um, that limitless potential. Write down everything you dream of happening. Like, Everything that goes into there physically, uh, mentally, maybe your career, maybe your family, maybe your spouse, like uh, everything that goes into there. What do I want my life to really be like in three years? And if we do that, either like kind of like I said there in, in one big hit and take like an hour to do it, it's, it's, it's really it's a really nice process to go through or take five, 10 minutes every day for a week to, to write this out and like, okay, what else do I want? What else do I want in my life? Who else do I want to be? What else do I want to achieve? And why do I want to achieve that? And what's the feeling behind it? What generally comes out is some themes and some, some values that you have. And then we can extrapolate those and pull them out. So when I've been doing this and like the, the times that I've been through it, there's two words that come out or there's, there's a few themes that come out. First of all, the first one is this idea of adventure and this idea of, of, of doing stuff that scares me and also doing stuff that is explorational, I think is, is the right way to do it. Like things that not many other people have to get to do and but also the idea of nature too being outside and moving my body as it's supposed to be moved and then the other side of it is this kind of like this stoic or maybe maybe not stoic maybe just like uh, the warrior ethos is essentially this this embracing hardship going towards hardship but also caring for myself and being mentally calm and when i combine both of those the two words that come out are adventure or warrior and what these two words are for me is like it's a honing beacon. It's like, am I living to this, this, this honing beacon? Because if I look at my individual goals and I, I still have very kind of structured goals. So the next one or the ones I can think of now, are like my purple belt in jujitsu, um, I can think about just getting stronger and fitter in, in, in my training. And I can think about like big mountain skiing. Those are the three things that I love. When I think about those, they are either immeasurable or in conflict with each other. But if I think about the adventure or warrior, that gives a really clear, concise idea of who I want to be. 
and it gives a it's not only what I want to achieve, but it's a way of living. It's a way of constructing who I am. And it's something that I don't have to wait to achieve, but I can achieve in every moment now. So right now, I can either slouch or I can sit up straight like I am. And that's part of being the adventure warrior. It's the fact that I could get up this morning and do the CrossFit Wads Murph, which is run a mile, 100 pull-ups, 200 press-ups, 300 squats, and then run another mile. And that is part of embracing hardship. It's and, and part of being the adventure warrior as well. And understanding that inspiration statement is is key. Um, it takes time. It's not like something you just pluck out of thin air because you want it to have this emotional connection. You want to have it have this kind of you say it and you have this visceral pull towards who you, uh, to, uh, that's what I want to feel. Like I want to feel excited to get there. So it's two to five words. It has an emotional pull and it usually has this kind of like, almost like, almost like visceral. You can almost touch it and it's like exciting to be part of. And, and how often does that sort of get reviewed, Thomas? So I'm guessing that can change. It's just sort of constantly being tweaked or is it, I mean, when you get down to that level, it's a fairly sort of, I guess, um, it, it's, it's, it's become a big reduction of a lot of different things. So does that, does that feel like it stays fairly stable for you? For me, that one, yes. Like the Adventure Warrior, since I first did this, um, it's been, that's been solid for me. But it took some while to kind of whittle it down. It took like three or four months to kind of whittle it down to exactly that. It's like, ah, that's what I really love about training. But because I've spent so much of my time moving and being physically active, I, like, I knew myself there pretty well. If you don't know yourself, it takes a bit more time. Like my, the areas that I, I really have to work on harder than anything else, uh, like my career and also my relationships. So I've got inspiration, st- inspiration statements for those, but they've, they, they morph more, they change more. And I think as I grow as a person, they, they grow as inspiration statements too. And I review them usually every quarter. I take some time out, usually two days, and I just like go away to a coffee shop, of course, and, <laughs> and, and just like, okay, this is like, it's almost like a bookend in my life. It's like, okay, I've done this that last quarter. What do I want to change? Like, where do I, re- what have I learned over the last two, three months? Where do I want to go from that? And that, that point of really taking stock, I think is something that is crazy not to do. We kind of live our lives in this kind of head down, crack on mentality. Um, but taking a day out to review whether you're really happy in life is, is like something that is massively underestimated. Yeah. And then it's the courage to then act on that, isn't it, as well? And I think one thing I've, I've just noted down as we were talking, um, why we think that calisthenics has got such value from a mindset perspective is it creates these sort of tangible experiences to, to kind of shift our thinking a little bit. Like we will get somebody who comes to a class for the very first time and they've never done a frog stand and they'll look at it and they'll be like, I don't think I can do it. But then we break down the process for them and we give them a little bit of coaching and that can literally be in the space of a couple of minutes. And all of a sudden they've done something they didn't think they could do previously. And then they can see them starting to go, do you know what? I might be able to do that next thing. And we've had people come in and it's my favorite part really of actually our beginners workshops where we have people that have come along to, to, to do one. They've never really done any calisthenics before. They've seen training. They probably like the look of, of the idea of bodyweight training. And, but they have never done anything, probably can't do a pull-up, but they leave honestly believing that they can do the human flag and it, like Jacko said before they may or may not but this I think there's so much power in in creating these um an environment or search situations or circumstances where you can start to challenge yourself to to start to 
create these tangible sort of anchors where I have done that, I can do this. And how important is that? Because some people will sign up to an ultra marathon having never run before. Um, is there any sort of like how people could go about implementing things like that, which are going to help them to find an environment which is going to push them to kind of confront some of this stuff? Yeah, I, I love the point that you made there. And, and essentially, I think, I think what you're what you're getting to is is the idea that you're the average of the five people you associate with most, which is that favorite Jim, uh, famous Jim Ron quote or Ron quote. And um, it's just a case of like if you if you get around those type of people, they will pull you up because you you kind of level up with them. You mentioned something there, which like it's having the courage to act. And yeah, I completely like, I completely love that. And I, I love having that kind of, okay, I'm going to be courageous in my action today. I'm going to, I'm going to actually do this stuff. And that's like kind of the fourth pillar is like setting out your intentions on a, on a daily basis. Um, that having that courage to act is, is brought about, I think by keeping that mental emotional state level, which is basically doing the the mindset work on a daily basis because otherwise our perspective shifts we get wrapped up in the problems of now and we don't think where we'd like to be in three years we 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 start analyzing all those those scars instead of counting the wins um we we switch off from listening to our inner athlete and that's when we get pulled away from that's when we get pulled away from center that's when we get pulled away from perspective and that's when we lose the courage to to act and to take those small steps on a daily basis. So what I think we have to do is not go longer than 24 hours without resetting our perspective. Because when we do that, we, we have that courage to act. We, we take those small steps. And what we, what we come back to is that, that phrase progress over perfection. Um, and that is the key here. We focus not on, like, like you said, when you, when you have those small goals, when you see how much you're improving on a daily basis, and or you just improve massively in, in that one day, you you believe more is possible because you're looking at your wins with more intensity. And that's that's the process here. We look at the good and we learn from the bad. Yeah, I'm looking at where I'd written down in my notes, progress over perfection, about to bring that point up just as you just as you said it, because it's so relevant for calisthenics when we're and it can be for other things, other training methodologies as well. But when we're trying to learn something like a muscle up or a handstand, and we talk about redefining your impossible, and the first time you do a handstand and you balance on your own in thin air for X amount of time, which might be half a second or three seconds or whatever you deem to feel like I did it, um, it's not going to be perfect. It's highly unlikely that it's going to be perfect. And that idea of progress over perfection, um, I just think really ties in um, for me a, a couple of key messages that you've that I just wanted to bring out as we sort of get in towards wrapping this um, up where that progress over perfection links in really well with those, those end of day wins, which I just love the idea of um, constantly just reminding yourself of those little wins that you've got. Something uh, I'll never forget some of the... Um, students had fed back to us when we had our handstand world record attempts where they were saying one of the things they loved about calisthenics was those they described it as their exact words i think were um, the little wins along the way so as tim said like a frog stand as you're building up towards doing a handstand and it's it's those little wins and those little reminders and doing that as making that a, a daily practice if we can i think is um i can see the the positive effects that's going to give and almost like putting a a positive bias 
on on your day and on your mindset and on your reflections rather than a negative bias that will ultimately overtake us if we don't do anything anything about it um and then probably my final thing to say just on that i've um bef- timing wise it had come quite nicely when we heard you speak at, at carl's insider where i'd started doing a bit more journaling again um just quite random um sometimes in the morning, sometimes at night and, you know, jotting down various different things, but some of the sort of stuff we're talking about, but not, not in a particularly structured way. Um, but I was enjoying getting back into that. And I think one of the main things um, I asked actually on the day about how do you go about making one of these things a, a, a daily practice so that you, you get into that habit. Um, and I, I, you might, you may agree or disagree, but something that seems to be working for me is not, putting pressure on myself to do something, making sure I do it every single day. Because my mentality uh, currently, I'm not saying it can't change, is probably that if I say I'm going to do this every day, and I'll do it for a few days, and then as soon as I stop doing it, I forget to do it, something gets in the way of me doing it for some reason, and I'm like, oh, well, I'm not going to, and I've, you know, I'll, I'll, I haven't done it, and then I'll end up just not picking it up. Whereas when I have a little bit more of a, loosey goosey approach to it i might do it in the morning i might do it at night if i uh, if i if i don't do it that day i don't have a meltdown i just kind of do it the next day um so there's a nice analogy my wife gave me recently it was around um having a shower she was like uh some i can't remember who it was it's, she'd heard it from somewhere where it was if you if you don't have to take if you forget to have a shower or a bath or you forget to wash one day for whatever reason you don't then give up on having a shower or washing ever again in your life you just simply have one the next day and it, i've sort of I've latched onto that because it, it seems to work or it seems to speak quite well to me and work for me. Um, you might now just turn around and go, Jack, and you need to make sure you do it every day. And I'll be like, oh, crikey. <laughs> but just no, interested yeah. in your thoughts on that as, as a final sort of thought from me. And then I'll let Tim. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, th- I, th- I think discipline is, is massively overrated. I think that it's finite and that if we chastise ourselves for, for, for not doing things, then that's the completely the wrong way to go about things. Cause all we're doing then is reinforcing the story that we're not good enough because mm. let's, let's be honest, all, all, all mindset stuff comes from a degree of lack of self-worth or self-belief. So by, by saying I've got to do things every single day, what we're inherently saying within that is if I don't do this every single day, I'm not good enough. And then, yeah, I've failed. And then the flip side of that, Tom, sorry, surely that there's, um, I'm quite a big believer in um, everybody's different. We've done, I've done some various different mindset stuff with some of the, the Paralympic athletes we've supported before and always tried to take a very, um, as we would do with their training program physically, like their, their gym program, would be very individualized and specific. I'd always try to uh, be very individualized with the sort of advice that we'd, we'd give people. Um, and... W- do, do you agree with that? There's a, there might be, you know, you might meet somebody that when you get to know them, you might go actually discipline for them and them having that thing to do every day is actually really, um, it is a way forward for them. It's just for me currently where I'm at right now, it's just, that's not the place where I'm in. Yeah. If, if you've got a different start point and a different end goal, then you don't need to follow the same path. Like yeah. the, the roadmap and the Atlas may be the same, like you, which is essentially the same as saying our principles our principles remain the same. If you want to head north, you've got to go north. But where north is for you might be a bit different to to where north is for someone else. I just think Um, it's nice to bring that up when, you know, 
hopefully there's a, a decent number of people listening to the podcast. And therefore, we're going to have a lot of people that are going to have uh, take the principles, but make sure you are applying them to your own. You know, hopefully no one knows no one knows you better than yourself and try to apply the principles that um, Tom's been talking about into your own personal sort of situation, your own your own personality, what you, what you, what you like, what you don't like, what you get on with. Um, and that, I guess that comes back full circle to when Tim picked up on the um, self-awareness that you mentioned right, right back at the beginning. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's uh, one size fits one solution. Yeah. Tom, that's been awesome, mate. I think um, there's so much again, just from going through some stuff that, with you, um, that I'm taking away from that. And I've just written some my sort of takeaway notes and um, feel free to sort of give your, your closing thoughts in terms of implementation as well. But if I kind of put it into a language which kind of resonates with me, I've, I've, I've put down around um, observing the inner athlete, as you said, about being aware of emotions and thoughts first thing in the morning before you start your day. And then going into that with an understanding of who I want to become and, and that potentially being born out of an inspiration statement over time as you, you get to, to sort of um, invest a little bit of thought um, uh, in that process. Creating the conditions for success. I love that Oscar Wilde quote of where he said that um, success is a science. If you create the conditions, you get the result. I think that I've applied that to so many different things. I talk about it in lots of different um, contexts as well, but I think it's such an important um, or, or useful thing to, to, to be mindful of. Have courage. And then at the end of the day, my AMWAP, as many wins as possible. Is that kind of like, if I miss anything else aside from that, um, that it'd be useful to take away. And also if people are really interested in, in finding out more about you and the opportunities that you run with your, with your clients, where they should get in touch with you. Yeah, sure. The, I think you did a really nice job of, of summing that up. And I think if we can, we can bring it back down to, to one word, it's perspective. It's, yeah. it's seeing the situation as it is, as opposed to with our own biases on it, as opposed to with our own kind of um, reflection of what it is. It's just seeing the world as it is and seeing us as we are, seeing our mindset as it is. Um, and that essentially comes through listening more and, and seeing the world more clarity that way. And then in terms of finding out a bit more about myself and Mindset RX, um, the best place to do it is to just get on Facebook and search for Mindset for Functional Athletes. Um, that's a free Facebook group that we run. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, it's where the, the kind of the hub of Mindset RX is. And of course, I'm on Instagram, which is at Tom Foxley, F-O-X-L-E-Y. Um, and yeah, we can find the website MindsetRx.com. So MindsetRxd.com. But mostly is Mindset for functional athletes that's the that's the free facebook group that we run great we'll put a link for that in the yeah. show notes so people can just click on that and i've got one last question for you tom what's your impossible oh good one tim oh if, if, we're all, mean, if we're all being honest about redefining impossible i know when you work in mindset and, and ours is a similar point where i don't if you've had some wins for for a while you kind of start to understand that nothing's impossible there's a process that i need to go through but is there anything which you find is up there a little bit scary a little bit sort of yeah. audacious and actually you're going to go do you know what that's a stretch i guess when we say impossible we actually don't mean impossible we just mean what you just Some hard yeah. <laughs> something <laughs> yeah. hard but you do think you might be able to do maybe yeah. one yeah. there yeah, I think that I think the difficult, the most difficult thing that any of us can do is being truly ourselves without worrying about what other people think. Um, and I think that is the hardest thing that I face every day. So authenticity at the end of the day, it's like, who really am I and who do I want to be? And like, and kind of not giving a shit what other people think mm -hmm. projecting that to the world regardless of what we think we should be doing on social media and figure that out else. drop me a message as yeah you can write a book about it right? <laughs> <laughs> so tom thank you so much uh, for coming on to the podcast and sharing sharing your mindset 
Um, and some absolute gems. I mean, the greatest thing for me on that is that there is definitely something, at least one thing, if not two or three or four, that people can go away and try and implement. Not tomorrow, they're going to implement it tonight because you're going to do your, uh, your AMRAPs, WAP, WAPs. So, been an absolute pleasure, Tom. Until next week. Class dismissed. We hope that you've enjoyed this week's playground session from the School of Calisthenics. Uh, I certainly did, Tim. I thought that was an absolute crackerjack. Um, so if you also did, or even if you didn't like it, but you just like us, we'd massively appreciate, and you like the podcast, we'd massively appreciate um, a five-star rating on uh, iTunes or whatever platform that you listen to the podcast on. Um, it makes us feel good about ourselves, but it also helps um, promote the podcast and make more people aware of it so they can enjoy it too. So all the best this week with your training, guys. Get out there and redefine your impossible. We'll catch up soon. Until next week, class dismissed. <laughs>